Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wednesday, May 19th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians snapped a four-game losing streak last night. Zach Plesak uh, comes through after being given a five-run lead after the first inning. He gives it all back, but Josh Naylor uh, bails him out with a, a, a late home run, and the bullpen locks it down the last couple of innings. Brian Shaw uh, buzzed through the heart of the uh, Los Angeles order and James Karachak closed it out in the ninth, the Indians win and really uh, sort of get, get back on track after a, a couple of a streak of frustrating losses. Yeah. You know, that five run, five run first inning, Joe really was uh, almost heaven sent for the tribe. And it, believe me, it, no one was more stunned to see it than me. I, you know, the, it just, uh, it started with a two run homer by Jose Ramirez and uh, you know they just strung together what they what they've done they did what they haven't done on most of this West Coast trip is you know string together hits get hits with runners in scoring position run the bases aggressively and even you know play some little ball or not little ball but you know uh, Yu Chang shockingly in the, in the lineup came through with a sacrifice fly for the final run in the inning and uh, it was just uh, you know I think it was their best first uh, their biggest first inning since uh, 2019 against the Yankees. So it was much, uh, it was welcomed by the Indians for sure. Yeah. And you saw contributions from everybody really. Uh, Ahmed Rosario quietly has been having uh, a really good stretch, a really good streak uh, as, as he looks to be now the, uh, the everyday shortstop, I guess, with uh, Andres Jimenez being uh, sent down uh, to Columbus, kind of a surprise move. The Indians promoted John Carlos Mejia. Uh, prior to last night's game, uh, Jimenez being sent down to sort of, you know, he, he was sort of uh, treading water, sort of sinking. And Terry Francona says, let him go down there and play every day and, and get his head straight. Yeah, that was an interesting move because uh, all along it looked like they were going to put uh, Jordan Luplo on the DL. But, you know, after he injured his ankle uh, Monday, uh, Tuesday night, or no, oh, Monday night, I'm sorry. And, uh, but I mean, he came back okay. You know, I still think there's some hesitancy on uh, Francona's part on just how much they can play him or whether or not he ends up on the, on the injured list. But, uh, you know, then they make the move with Jimenez, Jimenez, Jimenez. And, uh, and uh, you know, so, yeah, you know, like 
you know, Rosario, <laughs> think of this guy's uh, past since he's been in Cleveland. He comes to Cleveland. He, uh, he loses the shortstop job like two, to, two minutes into spring training. They give it to him and Eds. Then he's, he has to play, you know, he starts playing center field. Now he's kind of bouncing back and forth between the two positions. And now suddenly he's the shortstop again. So, I mean, I, it, it, it's, it's weird. And who, who's the backup shortstop, Joe? I, well, I guess right now it would be Yu Chang, wouldn't it? I mean, that's yeah. his natural position. Uh, but, yeah, Ahmed Rosario has responded at the plate by hitting some balls on the nose. I mean, the last, it, his last three, four at-bats, he just he's stinging the ball. Uh, like to see that, like to see a little more consistency from him. If he's going to bat in the two spot, that's great. Uh, but again, you know, what are you giving up defensively with Ahmed Rosario there at short? Uh, Jimenez had been inconsistent as well at short. So, uh, you send him down to the land of shortstops, I guess the minor league where the Indians have, uh, just about everybody who can play shortstop there. Uh, he's, he's in the mix now in Columbus. Uh, and I guess if you send him down, you've got to bring up maybe an infielder and, and maybe Owen Miller is the guy who takes Jordan Luplo's spot for 10 days on the, uh, the, the major league roster to, to, just to see what he can do. Uh, because right now Owen Miller is hitting out of his mind for the Clippers. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, what do they do with Mejia? Is he just here for this trip and then they send him back down and is that the move you make? And, uh, you, I don't I, know. I, I think- you know? I think the move, they made that move in order to keep, you know, just in case they get another clunker outing out of their starting rotation. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're not killing the bullpen, but yeah, I mean, you could send him down. If you do, you, you still got balance in your roster, you know, with, uh, in, it, with, uh, you know, between pitchers and ca- uh, pitchers and position players. So I don't know. You don't, you don't necessarily want to carry nine in your bullpen the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then maybe then you could bring up Miller for uh, for um, Mejia, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I guess it all depends on how Luplo is going to. Yeah, exactly. You got him sitting there too, so. Um, it's a, yeah, interesting situation right now. Yeah, and there's there's there is flexibility in the in, in the roster and some of the things that they can do. So, uh, just interesting the opportunities that are going to be presented to. Uh, maybe a guy like an Owen Miller, and we'll see if uh, if that happens this weekend when they come home to face the Twins. Uh, Josh Naylor uh, coming through in a big spot last night. Uh, really, you know, his his approach lately has been really good. He had a hit through the shift the other way last night, and then he hit the home run out to right field uh, off the scoreboard where we kind of lost it there. Uh, it disappeared. Uh, I think uh, Josh Naylor and, and Terry Francona said after the game, He's he's platoon proof pretty much. He can he can hit lefties and righties, and Josh Miller showing it uh, on this road trip. Yeah, definitely. He's you know he's it, it looks like uh, you know it, it's not like that all or nothing swing we saw kind of early from him. He's he's you know controlling the strike zone, um, and I think he's just getting a lot of playing time too, Joe. I think that's obviously that's got to you know help your confidence, and you know he's kind of bouncing between first base and right field and. Uh, you know, he looks, he looks great. That was a huge hit last night, you know, because you could feel that game slipping away from him and he goes lefty on lefty gets the home run uh, against kind of really a funky, uh, a funky uh, a left-hander kind of side arming lefty uh, Alex Claudio and, uh, and, and wins it for him. So that was, that was a great, uh, that was a big, big win and a big hit at a big, at a big spot. 
Yeah, this is this is more like the Josh Naylor who tore up the Yankees in the two games of the wild card series last year. Uh, and and, you know, we spent the offseason sort of speculating, well, can he be that Josh Naylor for the Indians all year? And we're seeing with more playing time and consistent playing time that that, yeah, he's uh, he's he's got value in that bat. And, and maybe maybe he's an everyday player at, at, at some spot, uh, you know, whether it's right field or first base for these guys. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, what? so with this move with, uh, you know, with Rosario, I guess being an everyday shortstop, who's the, who's the center fielder? Who's the starting center fielder now? Well, if, if Luplo is hurt and he's not going to play, you know, depending on if he goes on the injured list or not, Harold Ramirez now is is a guy who's going to have an opportunity, I would assume. You know, Harold. It's crazy how baseball works, isn't it? This guy, what they picked him up on waivers in February from Miami, mm-hmm. and now he's he could be the starting center fielder for the Indians for for at least the time being, because you know the rest of the starting uh, the rest of the center fielders that they have are, are down in Columbus and, and aren't necessarily doing anything to uh, you know force their way back onto the major league roster. Yeah, Zimmer and Mercado are both struggling at uh, Columbus, and uh, you know. So I guess, you, you know, you take the opportunity when it presents itself and uh, Ramirez so far hasn't done anything to, uh, you know, take a backward step. Uh, so it's, it's interesting and uh, Hey, go for it. You know, and he's got and, some and pop, got a little pop and, uh, he's, and he can run a little bit. And you can tell that Tito kind of likes little different aspects of his game. You know, he, he says there's still some things that he needs to work on, but just the fact that with two strikes, he'll shorten up and try and punch the ball through a hole. I mean, that's, that's a different approach than some of these other guys uh, that the Indians have seen in that spot before. So, so yeah, uh, just Harold Ramirez in center field too. uh, Another interesting thing. All right. The elephant in the room uh, tonight's game, Wednesday night, last game of the trip, eight o'clock start. And after bludgeoning the Indians in the first two games of this series, uh, we get to hear all about how Shohei Otani is going to pitch tonight. And, you know, I, I don't know, Hoinsey, I'm getting, I'm, I'm on Otani overload the, the last couple of games. Yes. He's leading the majors in home runs. And yes, he's, he's got all these extra base hits and he's tearing it up and he's, he's so great at the plate and he pitches and we've never seen this generational talent. I'm, I'm getting a little bit tired of it. Yes, we, he plays on the West Coast, and we don't see too much of it, and that's why, that's why we have to make a big deal out of it because those guys deserve attention too. But, oh, my God, I'm getting tired of every time this guy, you know, does anything, it's 50 million tweets, and I'm getting notifications on my phone about everything this guy does. I, I get it. He's great, absolutely, and I admit it. But I'm tired of it, man. I I hope they I hope they score 30 runs off of him tonight because it's just too much. Well, what's he got? He's one and zero. He's got a 2.10, uh, 2.10 ERA, 40 strikeouts in about what 25, 26 innings. Mm-hmm. But he's walked 20 guys too. So right. you know that's that's uh, maybe if the Indians are patient tonight, they can cause some damage. And he's only going about four, you know, four four and a third innings per start which, you know, that's nice, but it's not, obviously the, the hitting is taking away from him. If he were a purebred starting pitcher, you know, just that he'd be going deeper in games. He'd be going six, seven innings, wouldn't he? Yeah. Well, he went seven innings. He went seven innings last time out against Houston. 
Okay. So that's when they moved him to right field, you know, in, in uh, right to get an extra at bat. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that. And, and maybe we'll see that again tonight. Who knows? The, if he throws a splitter, the Indians are done for because they can't lay off of that pitch. They've never been able to lay off that pitch. Uh, so, yeah, who knows? Uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, one thing we know for sure is everybody nationally is going to be watching this game tonight every time out. And no matter what he does, good, bad, or indifferent, they're going to make a big deal out of it every time he does it. Yeah, and he's going to be, what, pitching and hitting, right? I mean, so, right. It's going to be, so that's going to be cool to watch that. I mean – Hey, He's going to get four at bats against uh, Aaron Savali. <laughs> but do they put? Does that put your team at a disadvantage though? Because after he comes out of the game, yeah. after he after they remove him from the game, you're playing National League rules because you don't have a DH now, and now the Indians have an advantage, right? Exactly. You got to you know you got to put you hit your uh, relief pitchers. You got to empty your bench. You better have you know some pitch hitters on, on, the, on the bench. And I don't know what kind of, you know, what state the roster is with uh, the angels, but you know, the, if, if you're, if you manage it like uh, the Indians do, you know, they got a short bench most of the time because you got nine relievers. Right. And are you, are you pinch hitting your, your backup catcher any nights or anything yeah. like that? And that's nothing you ever want to do because then you, you could wind up in a situation where you got to pull a position player in to catch. And that's, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's intriguing. It's interesting. You know, it's it, so far he's killed the Indians at the plate. So yeah, in, in his career, every time he's faced him, he's killed yeah. him. So I, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's the Shohei Otani show. Great. <laughs> we're, we're all just witnessing it. That's fine. <laughs> he's got what, seven home runs against the Indians. So maybe they could, we got to see if Savali can uh, keep him in the yard tonight. All uh, right. Hey, you know, don't wait. I can't wait for the uh, the Little League Classic that's going to be coming up, uh, you know, later on this summer, at the end of the summer, when the Indians and, and Angels go to Williamsport, because who knows if, if Mike Trout will be back by then. But, you know, Shohei Otani will put on a show there, I'm sure. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fans. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. All right, I wanted to talk, uh, Hoinsey, it seems like every 
every couple of months during the season. And we, we have to talk about the unwritten rules. Somebody makes a breach, somebody slides and they don't like it, or, uh, you know, somebody swings at a pitch that they're not supposed to swing at, or, you know, somebody hits somebody or throws behind, whatever. Uh, the, the big talk in the league right now is Yerman Mercedes from the White Sox swinging at a 3-0 pitch with his team up by 10 runs uh, in, the, in the, the last inning against uh, Willans Estadio, uh, the Twins position player who was out there pitching and throwing 47-mile-an-hour meatballs over the plate. Uh, 3-0 and Mercedes crushes a solo home run. Uh, and completely unnecessary, but, you know, you've got a, a position player out there pitching. When that happens, all bets are off. And I could see if you're up by 10 and there's a, a relief pitcher out there. But it's more than that now. We, we, we've had the discussion about those unwritten rules and did Mercedes break them and, and all that. Now it's become Mercedes manager, Tony La Russa, who I guess he believes it's still 1955. Uh, you know, and that's how he's managing uh, his team. Uh, he came out in his post-game press conference that night and said that he would have a talk with, with Mercedes and, uh, you know, that he was in trouble. And I don't think uh, people in the White Sox clubhouse liked that. Uh, it also gave the Twins license to throw at the guy the next night. So not only did he divide his locker room a little bit, but he also got one of his players exposed to uh, a pitch that sailed behind him in his, his next at bat. Uh, so what do you make of all this? Is Tony La Russa turning this into something that it really didn't need to be? Yeah, that's it. You know, it's an interesting situation for sure. And uh, you know, La Russa, you know, you know, it was always when he managed, you know, with, with, with the, when he managed the Floyd Sox the first time, Oakland, then went to Oakland, then to St. Louis. It was always like an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He was that kind of manager. If you threw at one of his guys, you know, the next day he was going to come back and throw at your guys. It was, you know, you just knew that was going to happen. But this is a little different. This is, you know, uh, taken, you know, you, you know, I can see why he would be upset with that and say why, you know, he might say, well, I'm going to talk to him about that. Because I remember, if you remember, Joe, do you remember there was a game against the Twins? This was when Jose Ramirez first broke into the big mm-hmm. leagues. And I he hit a exactly home run and, 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 he, and he bat flipped right in front of the Twins dugout. And the, all the, the Twins were up on the top step, step screaming at him. And, and Frank Kona said after the game, you know, we, we've got to talk. We'll talk about that. Right. But he that, said we'll talk about it. But he didn't come out and say he was wrong and uh, right. he's in trouble. Yeah, that's yeah. not what Tito did, but go ahead. Yeah, and, you know, so I can see it from that point, but then to take it a step farther, you know, and say this guy's in trouble, uh, you know, that's, you know, you probably, you spoke, you said too much right there, you know. Right. You should have just kept it being in the locker room on, on a one-on-one basis with the player. This, this guy's in trouble, but, hey, he's also leading the American League in hitting. Uh, yeah. so, so we kind of have to put him in the lineup, but – Again, this is this is a bigger. This is something that I think everybody sort of saw coming when they hired Tony Larusa. This is a, a young and talented Chicago team. They sort of know who they are and who they're becoming. And Larusa is is trying to sort of tighten his grip on this on this team with all of these, you know, coming out and saying, "Well," and then he said, "I didn't have a problem with the Twins throwing at Mercedes after the game." When asked about it, he said, "I don't have a problem with it." 
are you kidding me? How, how are you responding if you're in the White Sox clubhouse? And, and meanwhile, the Indians are sitting back watching all this going on, knowing that they're, what, two, two and a half games out of first place and just waiting for the wheels to fall off of that cart, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just weird. It's, uh, yeah, you, I, you're almost you know, creating problems where, where there doesn't have to be a problem. You know, it just uh, so we'll see how this goes. I mean, and, and the White Sox have done a great job. But they've lost those. You know, they've had those injuries yeah. and kept playing. And now, you know, you got the manager maybe stirring the pot here. Well, you talk about all the problems that he's creating. They've got enough problems. They've got a Bray who's been out the last couple of games because of a sprained ankle. I, they've got so many injuries and so much adversity to get through. And on top of that, you've got a 78 year old manager you know, taking shots at one of your, one of your top hitters on your team. I, I don't know. And I, and I think there's, there might be a little something going on between those two guys too, Joe, right. because yeah. when the Indians were in Chicago the last time, uh, it was a Sunday getaway day, you know, Mercedes, uh, my same, yeah, Mercedes was in, uh, you know, was in the lineup originally and then got benched because um, he was late to the park. So maybe this is, you know, kind of an ongoing tug of war between these two guys and 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 La Russa gave this guy a shot right he was their third catcher he's the guy that put him on the roster in the first place on opening day so who knows there there, there, there might be some uh, backroom uh you know politics going on with this yeah I it just gives it for me it just gives me a deeper appreciation for you know not only Tito's ability to to navigate a season and, and sort of construct a roster and and, and all that, and, and the way that he deals with players and creates an environment in the locker room. But, you know, just we would never have to have write stories about or, you know, cover a controversy about Tito calling out one of his own guys like that. I don't, we've never seen him do something like that. No, he's, uh, he's close to the vest when it comes to dealing with the players. You know, that's why they play for him. Uh, and he hasn't he hasn't been away from the game for ten or fifteen years either. So he you know there's not that generational gap, so to speak. You know he's been he's been in the trenches off for all but what one year, where where he was working for ESPN. So you know he still has a pretty good pulse of the modern day player. All right. Well, uh, looking forward again to tonight's game. Aaron Savali, Shohei Otani, uh, should be interesting. Uh, should be to see if Savali can bounce back from uh, his, his last outing in Seattle and, and, and just, uh, you know, keep the Indians back, uh, you know, winning as they get ready to head home from this seven game trip. Yeah. You know, Savali, you know, gave him innings, but kind of, you know, got knocked around a little bit really for the first time in Seattle. And then what happens to Seattle? They look like uh, the 27 Yankees against the Indians over the weekend, and then they get no hit by their by, team batting by average. Is now, team batting average is now one ninety nine. Spencer Turnbull. Spencer Turnbull. Spencer, two years ago, Spencer Turnbull was three and seventeen. Turnbull threw a no hitter. Oh, but <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing going on with pitchers. It's the year of the pitcher and the year of the no hitter. Whatever. Spencer Turnbull is throwing no hitters. Not Garrett Cole. Not Shane Bieber, Spencer Turnbull, and Wade Miley are throwing no hitters. Now the Indians and the and the Mariners are in a race to see who can become the first three no hit team in in one season. 
And it would only be appropriate if Zach Plesak throws a no-hitter at Seattle on June 13th when they're in town <laughs> uh, that weekend here at Progressive Field. Uh, I think that's the only way to balance the universe out is Plesak. Plesak throws a no-hitter on one side and uh, – you know, who uh, Justice Sheffield throws a no-hitter on the other side. They, they double no-hit each other, and somebody scores the game-winning run on, on an error. That's, that's the only way it balances out. <laughs> I like it. I don't want to write about it, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? I'm, I'm, holding, I'm holding hedges to this. If the Indians get no-hit 20 times this year, it's, he, he's got to buy me lunch. Something. I exactly. <laughs> All right, Hoynes, we'll check in with you uh, again uh, after your day of travel uh, back here on Friday on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe. 